Hello and welcome to episode 9 of Behind the Journey. This is the show where myself and Sam Spencer discuss the ins and outs of what happens in the daily life of myself as an entrepreneur. On this episode we discuss more about why I found myself on a Australian's YouTube channel. We discuss what actually, actually happened in terms of my newfound habits and much, much more. We have a new new business tactic, don't we, where you're limiting the meetings to 30 minutes on the phone rather than at first sight bringing someone in for like an hour long meeting. Like how has that increased your workflow and how does it also affect how how you build the relationship with a potential client? Well, f- first of all, we're gonna just before we get straight into this, I'm going to go straight into why I feel like a, why I sound like a ridiculous man today. Uh, I feel very day. ill, very, very ill. But this is the dedication, the passion we put into this podcast, that even though we're ill, here I am. So apologies to the listeners at home that are thinking it's not even Pete talking today, it's just someone else, but it, it is me, I promise. Um, yeah, so this new tactic, basically what I found was happening is that... Um, my whole days and my whole life essentially was turning into meetings. So I was just literally have back to back meeting after meeting of an hour, an hour, an hour, an hour. Now, what I realized was that we were losing so much time that these hour meetings, like the first 15 minutes would be, would you like a coffee, some boring chit chat about life. And the final 15 minutes was boring chit chat, you know, have a good trip, how was the rest of your day? And I kind of had half an hour productivity in between, but because those meetings were lasting an hour, um, and then you had to kind of sort the desk out, go back to your emails, etc. Those actually hour meetings were probably taking an hour and a half in reality because you're kind of disrupting your workflow. So what I decided to do was to cut them down to half an hour and have um, phone call meetings. Now, that's not to say I don't have hour meetings sometimes in the office with prospects, but um, I've really tried to reduce that as much as possible. I've tried to automate a lot of things because the B2B Marketing Expo showed me one huge flaw we had in the organization, and that huge flaw was new business. The huge flaw was that... I'm the only person that does new business. Um, and if I'm in meetings, I can't do new business. And if I'm doing new business, I can't follow up. And I was almost becoming the bottleneck of the new business flow. Um, so what I decided to do was to try and automate everything. So I've used a system called Pipedrive. Um, no influencer code required, but um, <laughs> a company called Pipedrive, which basically allows me to completely utterly systemize my whole new business and completely and utterly uh, automate new business prospects i.e someone comes through as a prospect email goes out to them they book a time in it goes to my calendar for a half an hour call i then have the call with them i then follow up through pipe drive it's all automated and i found that's really helped me out so this moving from an hour meeting physical to half an hour on the phone is just me trying to automate and speed up and um make the the business just seem much much smoother and what i found is i've had more time to focus on the business i've had more time to um focus on writing better proposals i've had more time to speak to the team i've just found myself having more time because going back kind of two or three months ago you'd know sam i was like a busy fool i'd be running around like a headless chicken meeting to meeting to meeting to meeting um and it just wasn't being very productive in my opinion now we're getting leads we're getting new business done but i felt that since we've been doing this it's been much more efficient and it's been a great move so uh, i'm i'm a massive advocate of look at what you do on a daily basis, analyze your calendar, like where are you burning time? Where can you save time? How can you reevaluate the time? How can you make it work better? And that's what I've done. Now, I'm not 100% all meetings of 30 minutes, but I would say that 
seventy percent of my business of my new business meetings now are thirty minute phone calls. Um, the one area which I'll then will go into contemplation with after this, because again, always kind of look at what you're doing is has my conversion rate dropped? Were the 15 minutes before the meeting and 15 minutes after the meeting, were they increasing my conversion rate? Were those kind of boring waste of time, coffee conversation, how was your day, how's the wife conversations, were they actually increasing my conversion rate? And if they were, then maybe we'll bring back the hour meetings or I'll try and make them 45 meetings or whatever we'll do, we'll look at it. But um, I felt much more productive. I felt much better about it. And I think that is that has definitely helped. I don't know, I don't know what you think. Well, I say you. Well, you say you're running around like a headless chicken. I think you're actually you're doing like more now than you were before. Like actively, you're probably having, let's say, te- instead of five meetings a day, you're having eight. Yeah. So yeah, you're yeah. technically you're doing more work. Like you're, you're seeing more clients. It's just you're not having to do like especially driving to like someone else's place. Oh, like, you're not time. having to... so much wasted time. Um, I completely agree. It just you know does the conversion rate change? Is the handshake? the be all and end all are people now happy to sign you know, multiple thousand pounds a month contracts over the phone um i don't know i think i think people are more likely to i think bigger brands you know people understand that if you're in you know canary wharf in london that you're happy to sign a contract over the phone with an agency in lincolnshire or the east midlands like because it's just unreasonable for us and them to travel to have a meeting for an hour it's just unreasonable we can do it if we want to and more than happy to but i think people have woken up to the fact that you don't have to anymore that this world is connected by you know the most ridiculous degree now and that we can jump on a phone and we have clients that the account management team they don't even they barely see them they see them like once every six months because they don't need to like we have a conversation once a week with them they'll email throughout the week like why do we have to travel you know four hours to the seat to see them for two hours um it's all a bit forced um i don't know some clients like the touch points but some clients just like look if if you're spending four hours to get to me and you're having a two-hour meeting, then they're indirectly paying for that. Indirectly paying for it. Yeah. So, you know, it's not great sense. So, I don't know. I think the, I think the whole world is changing. Everyone knows this. But I think that, you know, if we can if we can squeeze time down to half an hour meetings on the phone rather than driving around, it saves everyone time, increases productivity, and we can focus on growing the business. Yeah, I'd say the, the only thing that it does draw back on is it does put you in the same spot for an extended period of time. Like, you'd, like I found that, when, I, when we started six months ago, we were out and about every day. Mm. If we had a whole day in the office, it was like, have we got nothing to do today? Whereas now, I'd say if we've got a day out, it's like, oh, we've got a day out. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think the, I completely agree. And I think, I don't know if I mentioned this in the last podcast, because to be honest with you, I just, the, the, you know, everyone knows this now that I just talk. I don't really, I, I, my memory's awful. So I don't know what I've said last week, but. You know, last week or week before, I had a proper like shitty day. Like I just felt quite down, and it's because I've been in the office so long. I, I haven't haven't left. I haven't done anything kind of um, quote unquote interesting to myself. I haven't stimulated myself in a business sense. I've been you know hitting the phones, having meetings on the phone, sending proposals via email. You know, I haven't kind of had that touch point which I'd normally would. Um, I think that's very real. Hence why I'm trying to get out more and go into coffee shops to work in coffee shops because you know the business is now turning into that route where. For the first two years, we were a 100% local agency business. Now the business is changing where we're more of a national agency business now, which means we're talking to people on the phones or we're emailing more, which means I'm not seeing people as much. Um, so that's the way the shift is going. I think where, you know, if you've watched the vlog or the podcast, and I really hope that this, you know, I, I say all the time, I want this to be the journey. I want to document this journey. And we're at that point now, I believe, where we've gone from, local agency to national agency and this is right now this very point is we've just crossed that line i'd say we've just gone 
from local to national was just kind of across the border. Um, and that's shown in the quality of the work. That's shown in the quality of clients. And that, again, is shown in my work. How do I pitch? How do I do things? And it's phones, it's emails, it's speaking events across the UK. And the next step would be large national agency. And that's where you have new business teams that drive across the UK rather than doing phone calls across the UK. So we're in that point now where we're just in between both. Um, and yeah, this is this is the journey. This is what we're documenting, I suppose. But um, it's an interesting time. It's really an interesting time. So leading on from um, going from local to national, you did another speaking event for the Business Hive. Yeah. And it was really interesting because they're very much just like a startup company. Like well, all the companies that go there are very startup. Like I wouldn't say, I'm not, I correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think there's any like bigger companies that go there to hear you talk. It's more for your actual advice because they don't know what to do yeah. yet. How would you say that that's changed? Because you've been doing Business Hive for a while. How would you say that's changed from when you started? So the Business Hive is a great organization. It's essentially a, a regional body that um, you can pay to be part of. I think it's like 30 quid a month or something. And they'll offer um, workshops and advice and support for free of, free of, well, for the 30 quid a month. And they'll bring speakers in like myself. They'll pay us for the you know the hour. We'll do a we'll do a speaking shop or a workshop to help people grow in that as those areas. And I would do one for marketing, for example. And what tended to happen was that we would go in, we do the workshop, we get paid for the workshop, and then we pick up a couple of clients on the back end of it. And that has been our model for where we've been and grown today. It'd be very much I would do a speaking event, I would get ten percent of the room. 50% of the people I meet afterwards would then sign and then hey presto we, we get it's profitable for us where we've changed over the last definitely the last six months I would say is we've gone from like I said local agency to national and therefore our prices have increased it's just part of parcel right you know um, you know there's no point doing the smaller work when you can do when you can do the bigger work and the clients that that, that, have, that came to us you know, two years ago they're still on the same retainer like I I remember when me and Brad sat down at this, I said, look, I want to make sure that all of our clients that trusted us two years ago still get the same return, still get the same input, still get the same everything because they trusted us. And I back people that allowed us to get here. So the people that signed up two years ago, they still get a great service. But the people that are coming to us now have to pay the new retainers, have to pay the new hourly rates, pay the, the whole, all of it has to be new. And because of that, I don't pick up as many... Uh, brands or sales or retainers as I used to at these events because obviously our retainers have gone up the SMEs can't maybe can't afford us anymore I don't know the ins and outs so those events have gone from a point of you know going to get new business and getting paid to now we don't get anything from him and I guess the question is very much why do you bother then you know if you're not gonna get any work from it you know the the rate they guys pay you isn't it's not game-changing you know it's not really worth it it's kind of worth it kind of not you know it's one of those middle ground amounts why do you do it and this is simply because I believe in in one key area of marketing. And I can't remember the exact terminology. It's actually, there's actually a phrase for this where – is it called an echo chamber? That's the right phrase, isn't it? I did not do business. Okay, right. So an echo chamber, if it is, for example, here's the example, right? People will say that if you're on Twitter, you're in your own echo chamber, which means that whatever you think, you will follow people that are similar to you and similar to what you believe. Therefore, your Twitter feed will become an echo chamber. Yeah. So if you believe that, um, I don't know, if, you, if you're if you a Liverpool fan, for example, you're going to follow lots of Liverpool accounts and if, you know, you'll, you'll start loving them more because more people are talking about it. It's an echo chamber. It's like there's, this is why they think that 
um, people who believe in Remain think that everyone's Remain, and people who believe in Brexit think everyone's Brexit because they're in their own echo chamber and they just see the same people talking about the same things, right? Yeah. So an echo chamber, and I believe in that 100%. And why I made that random statement and random um, comparison is pretty simple. If I go to these events and I do a speaking event and I you know, give some value to the audience, they'll all walk away going, Peter Watson from Distract really knows his stuff. Distract really know their stuff. Distract, distract, distract. So then when they go to the next event, distract, distract, distract. Or someone says marketing, it's distract, distract, distract. And I'm creating an echo chamber within that region. And all I'm trying to do at those points is make us become, we are the marketing echo chamber. When someone mentions marketing, they're in the echo chamber, they mention me or distract. And that's all I'm trying to do. And that's all we've done. And I truly believe that if you want to grow a fast-growing agency or a fast-growing accountancy practice or whatever it is B2B, Become the echo chamber for your sector. Become the echo chamber for your for your your area, your skill set. Because if you can be that, then you dominate the conversation. It's like the key person influence model all over again. It's like how do you become a thought leader when it comes to marketing? Be everywhere. Be everywhere you can. And I say that works on a regional basis as well. You don't have to be a key person of influence within the UK. You can actually be a key person of influence within Lincolnshire, within Lincoln, within Grimsby. You know, you can be the most niche, niche, niche key person of influence. And that's what I'm doing at these events. I'm going to events where I'm not going to get clients, but you never know who knows who. You never know why one person could be in the room. You never know if someone's going to go and start the business and get a lot of investment. You never know anything. So I'm just doing those events to be part of the echo chamber where people walk away and go, yeah, Peter Watson from Distract Newer Stuff. I suppose also you, it, you can see it from a perspective of in a year or two, that company that you gave some tips to might blow up for whatever reason. They might have, a, like, have had a great product, just not been able to afford it to start. And then they might think back, back in their head, oh, I can now afford the marketing. 100%. Why, would I, why wouldn't I use Distract? And I got a client signed yesterday and I've known the person since day one of my business. Like, the first day I launched it, I went to a networking event and I shook their hand. Day one, three and a half years ago. And yesterday, they signed. Now, if they'd signed three and a half years ago, that retainer would have been a third, I can a third they'd have saved, maybe more. Um, it would have been a third of the price, maybe more. And now they've signed because they've been in the echo chamber. They've been within the realm of like distract, 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 distract. Ever they've gone distract, they've seen our clients doing really well, they've seen us winning awards, they've seen me doing speaking events, it's been everywhere. And now they've kind of eventually got through to them. And then they sign. And that's what it takes. You just over and over again, just hitting home, hitting home, hitting home, being there, being everywhere you possibly can be. And then boom, they sign. And that's what it is. You know, you're, you're right. Maybe he couldn't afford me three years ago. Maybe he can now. I don't know what it is. Or maybe three years ago didn't believe in the in the brand maybe his business has changed i don't know what it may be but it took me three and three and a half years from knowing me to signing and that's because of relentless marketing over and over again just completely reiterating the whole point and i believe in that marketing to the, to the biggest degree i would say that that level of marketing is probably the if i was to choose any form of marketing it'd be that it'd be just keep pushing keep pushing keep pushing keep doing one thing over and over again and eventually you'll break through the other side and people will buy from you you know, we're living in a world where anyone can start a business, which means that people can come today and fail tomorrow, right? And the brands that are really big, most of the time, are the ones that have stayed around the longest, right? Because they've been just tapping away over and over again, just tapping away and tapping away, and eventually they become the brand they are today, and then they maintain it. And I believe that's exactly the same thing that we've done. We've just kept tapping away. Me and Brad started this thing off, just tapping away, tapping away, got a few clients that trusted us. But then the real big clients 
they're really far in. They're really deep. And you've got to keep tapping and tapping and tapping. Eventually, you'll hit them. But you're never going to hit them straight away. Because why would they trust that one-year-old company that's just started with a couple of guys? But they would trust that company that's got three years. Or they would trust that company that's got 10 years. And they would trust that company that's got 23 awards and 100 staff. It just takes time to break through. And you've got to build your business to be able to break through. Look, I don't for one second think I'm going to sit here and get Coca-Cola tomorrow, right? Because I know what Coca look for, and it's not in Disrupt. But they may look at it as in 10 years' time. They may look for us in 15 years' time, when we've built the credibility. And that's what I'm saying, is it takes time to build credibility. Well, contradictory to that, not, not based on Distract, but what about if a company keeps tapping away and tapping away at something that doesn't work or isn't working, like, but giving that influence off of keep tapping away, does, does that ever hinder you? Because surely if you're trying to just beat something that's just not working... Yeah, I love that. I mean, I think people have to understand if their product's crap or not. Like, that's just the reality of the situation. Like, if you've got to understand if you are good or bad. Um, it's a well-documented phrase now, like, look at yourself, like, look yourself in the mirror. Like, are you doing the right thing? Do you understand what you're doing? And I think that, and I don't want to be too critical here, but there's a, a real big movement at the moment of the entrepreneur. The people that will do all the Instagram quotes, um, you know, will will say that they're you know an entrepreneur to people when they meet them down the pub or at the house parties. You know, what do you do, an entrepreneur? What what's your latest preneur? Like, what have you done? And they've done nothing. Um, so I think a lot of looking yourself in the mirror and being like, what am I actually doing here right now? So there's the entrepreneur generation is definitely a thing right now. And the second thing is 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 kidding yourselves. I think you've got to be really ruthless with with yourself, and you'd be like, okay, I'm doing this thing. I've been doing it for six months, twelve months. Is it ever going to take off? And that's a really deep conversation because I've known lots of people who have you know, put three years of their life into a project and, it, and they know it's not going to work deep down. Deep down, they know it's not going to kick off, but they've done too much. They've put too much in to turn it off. Do you know what I mean? They've put too much, too much you're in. Like, yeah, you're too far down the line. Yeah, almost. they're too deep. But they're like, well, I can't turn this off now because my friend, like Nick, will think, well, oh, he's failed. Or my auntie, Julie, will be like, oh, no, that's... That, you know, it, it was crap business, or whatever, because they care too much. I think be ruthless. I think you have to look at your project and be like, do I really see this working? Do I really see this actually ever taking off? And look, I've done that. I've cut so many businesses within six months because if you aren't seeing anything, if you're seeing no traction, nothing, then you know what's six months actually going to do? You have to see a bit of glimmer of hope. You have to see something now. You know, everyone knows listen to this i'm all about the long-term play i'm all about the you know 10 years 15 years and some guys will say look you can't even build a business within the first 10 years it's not a business till year 10 um but you've got to look short term as well you've got to go is there any way this thing is even going to grow is there any way this thing is working and if it's not suck it off and you know maybe you maybe you have someone that you are really close to that is your that has the same beliefs and the same ideas that you are really truthful with maybe you found another entrepreneur and you both kind of quiz each other. You know, you both go, okay, I've done this and this. I mean, there's names for these things, these groups that I'm not part of. But you sit down and go, look, look at my business. I'll look at your business. Um, what do you think? Do you think I should bother with this? Do you think I should not bother with this? But I think be ruthless with yourself. Don't just do things because you're doing things. So what, like, it might help other people. Like, what was distracts, like, glimmer of hope? Like, what was that point where you saw it and thought that might be the thing that means that this is going to work? So I think there's numerous things at each point. So when we first started, I wanted to grow a massive, massive agency. I'm talking like stupid hundreds of staff. Um, 
and then I realised that that was just a stupid idea because I didn't want to do that long term. That was an ego. That was an, that was an ego play. Until I realised that that's not what you don't you don't set out in business to build a big team. You set out in business to solve problems and and conquer things. Um, I think there's lots of little wins. So I've, I think I've said this before. Like the, the the key thing was you know getting your first client, being able to pay yourself. And then once you start paying yourself, I'll be honest with you, you kind of like a year, two years in, and you're like just about paying yourself, and you're thinking this is this isn't this isn't worth it. I would say the end of year two was the biggest thing where I was like, this is crazy right now. This is really going to go somewhere, and you have bigger clients coming to you. You start seeing the results of your work. You see, you start seeing you winning awards. You start seeing really talented people wanting to come and work with you. You start seeing all these little things. You start seeing that everyone locally sees you as the marketing guys. You know, everyone in the region starts talking about you. Like these little things that all add up. There wasn't one thing where I was really kind of like this is the glimmer of hope. It was almost like a magnitude of lots of things stacking up and, and then being able to see where it wants to go. Um, but the real big thing right now, for me, the real exciting part of this whole journey right now is that what the agencies allowed us to create is allowed us to create a team of amazing people in one place and we can go and create our own projects right now. So the agency does really well. It's a, it's a great business, but then you know, what can we create from this? Like what e-commerce businesses can we create? What brands can we create? Can we really... You know, I, I really believe this when I say, I think this agency can launch a brand that will be 10 times as big as this agency. I really mean that. And I mean that to the nth degree because I've seen us do it for our clients. I've seen us be able to do it for our clients. And imagine if we had full control. I've said this before, imagine if we had full control. I believe we can launch an e-commerce business in some of the most crowded markets and win. And that's the thing that makes it really exciting for me. So we were in, we were actually in this very room um, when you had a was it a Skype interview with a guy from Australia. It was actually Zoom. Oh, Zoom. Who IPO'd last week, which is amazing. Anyone, everyone who's on IPO is like um, it's like when you're on the stock market, right? And for Zoom to go on the stock market is absolutely crazy. Like, is, it, amazing. is it Zoom the audio brand that also does the? physical products or is it a different i believe it's different okay I, but i don't know you know i don't know much about these things i just know that you know it's weird how you find these products out to be honest like you know the only reason i know about zoom is because i did a meeting about six months ago and a guy was like do you want to zoom and i was like what's this so then i downloaded it used it and it was seamless like and i actually said i actually tweeted the one of the early investors on twitter about that for zoom on twitter about this because he said why did zoom work when everything else didn't and what he means by that is why did zoom as a brand why did it beat Skype? Why is it beating all the other, you know, business telecoms platforms? And it was pretty simple. And I just, I replied, like, pretty simple. I don't even know how to use Skype anymore. And that sounds ridiculous, but I don't know if you agree. For me, Skype loads up on my computer every time I turn it on and I just click quit. I don't know how to add people. Like, it sounds ridiculous. But I honestly went on the other day and someone was like, oh, can I add you on Skype? And yeah, no worries. I couldn't find the add contact button. Whereas with Zoom, you go on. You add to the contact email, it sends them an email with a time that the Zoom call is going to be, and they get an email saying, click this link when your Zoom contact's on, and then you're both in the same group. And how easy is that? So there's no sort of like, oh, can you download Skype? There's no, oh, can you make sure, it, does it, it, it creates the Google Calendar for you, it does everything for you. And if you want to make it secure, you can have it secure. Amazing. Seamless. And that's why it's done so well, because in the market that was very complex, very confusing, Skype adding all these weird features to make it something more than it really was, which is a... More than it needs to yeah, be. Yeah, more than it needs to be. Zoom smashed it. And that's why they IPO'd, and that's why it's now a billion-dollar you know, you know, billion company. 
and it's crazy and and that's what i'd say to most people especially especially in the b2b software industry my god there's so much complexity around these brands like if these are consumer brands they'd all die have you ever looked like look at some raw b2b software and think if that was a consumer brand would it work and the answer is no i've looked at so many like this is a massive tangent now there's some brands around here that do a lot of work for like nhs software right there's no way on this planet that, that would work consumer facing like i'm surprised NHS just signed it off it just looks so it's confusing it's confusing like, looks really like the, the ui is awful do you mean like it just doesn't work um so i think if you can make a b2b brand look and feel like a consumer would want to use it would want to use it i think you do really well and that's what zoom did i believe but anyway, what we on, I don't know what the question was. Why the, the Zoom interview with, yes. the guy, with the guy from Australia. That's what we do around here, folks. Um, I think you said after the call, actually, that he messaged you on Instagram. Yeah, so essentially what happened is that he messaged me. He saw some content on Instagram that we put out. He messaged me and said, love what you're doing. I'm watching the journey. Um, can I ask you a few questions? I'm just starting out in the business world. I've got my own uh, web agency. And I was like, yeah, sure. Little did I know he was from Australia. And that's what things have baffled me the most is that, you know, we, we have these conversations with people or people that see the content that are like all over the world. And it's like just me and Sam just like, you know, flogging this out in a room, um, which is amazing. And we got chatting for, I think it was like an hour. He put it on his YouTube channel. It's all up. It's on YouTube now. You can see the interview. Um, and he just wanted to help how to get started. And I, I said some really big pieces of advice. And the biggest one, which I think everyone should look into at the most deepest level is make sure you're getting retainer work make sure you have some form of recurring revenue because in the web agency world and the design world, especially now, I'm seeing so many agencies going bust or struggling or laying off staff or messaging me like, Pete, I need some work. Because when you aren't on retainers, when you aren't on reoccurring revenue, you're constantly having to look for work. You're a full-time salesperson, right? We could stop sales tomorrow, just done. And we don't have to look for any more work because we're on retainer models. Whereas when you're doing I don't know, design and you finish that logo, now what? You've got five, like, there was an agency in Manchester called uh, Noir Agency, I think it was called, it went bust. It was, it won, I think it won something like best new agency in Manchester or best agency in the UK. You know, five staff was growing quite well, went bust. And a lot of things he blamed it on, but I truly believe that you know in that sector, you haven't got reoccurring revenue. You're a design agency. You've got no reoccurring revenue. And it looked like a lot of the assets were bought up by a marketing agency which would have had reoccurring revenue. So I think that if you're in the agency space, you have to be looking for reoccurring revenue. So I said to the guy, try and build something in place. Like if you do a website, can you automatically put into that contract? We will also give you 10 hours a month of web development or content creation work for the website for the next six months. So then he knows, as an agency owner, he's got 60 hours over six months, paid for, done. And he could offer discounts for that. He could, you know, make it work. But you've got 60 hours, paid for, done. Well, you see that, like, so many places are doing, like, retainer models now. Like, you think about all of the web streaming things are subscription-based now, monthly. All your gyms are monthly. Like, even down to, like, Adobe. Adobe used to buy, used to buy one piece of software for, like, however many hundreds of pounds whereas now you buy it all for like x amount a month mm. instead well i think i looked into this about a year ago and there's a big report coming out that said millennials would rather live month to month rather than paying things up front and what they think what they believe is going to happen is that 
people will have rents, they'll have their car on monthlies, they'll have their phone on monthlies, they'll have their Netflix subscription on monthlies, they'll have Spotify on monthlies, and they'll build their lifestyle around monthly payments. Um, and I know this because I do it myself. If I have a client, I actually don't look at yearlies for anything. I look at monthlies for everything. So I'll go, right, this client is bringing X, X a month. And these staff are going to do it monthly by month. The margin is this. I look at everything on a month by month basis. And I think, I don't know if that's just me or anyone else does this, but I believe that when you look at things on a month by month basis, you can plan it much better. I think that's what a lot of millennials are doing. So, you know, I think everything is have to everything's going on monthlies because everyone knows it converts higher. It's better for everyone. Um, but yeah, this, this millennial monthly thing, if you Google it, it's, there's a lot of research put into it. I'm exactly the same. I mean, I, I downloaded like a, an app to track like why eat day to day. And it was like, oh, um, you can have a subscription to this for X amount a month. And I clicked, okay, yeah, that's fine. Because, like, what is it? Two pound a month is nothing. Because Sam's on the gym kick right now. But then it ended up taking, like, 25 pound on my account because it actually did it annually. And I was like, I didn't want oh, it annually. Wow. So I'm like, I actually felt I didn't want it because now I've had to pay a lump sum rather yeah, yeah. than little bits. Because I would have been happy to pay little bits because it doesn't feel like anything. But when they take one sum at once, it's just... No, I agree with It that. almost kills it. Mm. I agree with that. And while we're on the fitness hype right now, I've um, I've set my next goals up. I don't know if we've discussed this already. I don't think so. Um, oh, actually, we did, well, yeah, we did say that you were going, you were going to try to go to the gym every day and get your five k to under. Yeah, so I'm basically yeah. So I've um, I've done I don't know how many days it is now. I've lost track, but I'm 120 ish days sober, no drinking for 120 days. And I'll be honest with you, if anyone's thinking about doing something, I think it's one of the best. Um, things you can do in terms of resetting refreshing and um it was really easy to do to be honest it was it was it's quite simple i even went i even went out on thursday uh bank holiday um thursday and it was like fine i was sober everyone else was drunk whatever on night out and i was completely fine like it didn't fade me one bit like, i had a good time you even bought us around the drinks yeah i did <laughs> I, I actually bought a round for everyone else and i bought an orange juice in that round so that's if you don't want to call mugging off that's full that's fundamentally being mugged <laughs> Um, but anyway, um, the point is that it's a really Im- easy thing to do, and I think it re- it resets and refreshes you. And I, I, I completely recommend it to anyone else. But my next step now is um, the next thing now is that what I'm going to do now is gym um, six days a week, and that is that can be anything from a game of tennis to five a side to running to weights to whatever I fancy doing, but just doing something because I know what I'm like that if I get into doing something on a regular basis, i.e. turning up, I'll make use of that. And I'm trying to build into my habits of just turning up. Six days a week, turning up. Saturdays off, every other day, turning up. And when I turn up, I'll then get into the habit of doing something when I turn up. So that's that's one. And the second one is reading. Um, it was at first reading 10 pages of a book a day, but I'm in the habit of reading a chapter a day at the moment. Um, and the reason I've done that is because I've got so far behind this, this book, The Slight Edge, which everyone knows about since this podcast, that it started to annoy me. And I was like, this is ludicrous that I'm still in this book. So I've now, I've, I've gone from, I think it was 35, I have a Kindle, I've gone from 40% through the book to 80% of the book in like the last, like, you know, four days or five days or something, which is amazing. And I'm already lining up my next book, which is going to be uh, Lost Connection, which is actually, it sounds really interesting. It's basically a book about how back in the day when we were like in tribes, we used to have big groups of people that used to walk around and it was about, you know, everyone was connected. And now, even though we're in the most connected generation of all time, the average American counts their friendship circle as one person, which is unbelievable. 
You mean like one person they were considered to be someone who would do anything that Correct. they asked to do? One person. Which is amazingly ridiculous, right? Because back in the day in the tribe, you had, you know, 10, 20 people, 30 people. And now American is saying, I have one friend. And it's about how we've lost connection in the most generation. So I'm going to read that book. And the other one is a book about, I think it's, don't, I think it was, basically what I've got myself into a circle of doing is asking the people who read books, be like, just recommend me a book. Because then I can obviously... Business-based books. Or just yeah, anything. I mean, I'm all about... I'm in a massive personal development spree at the moment, to be honest with you, and I'm, I'm loving it, loving everything about it. The, the, the book I'm going to read after that is called Never Split the Difference, and that's about sales negotiations and, you know, never meeting in the middle, just hold out. Um, yeah, stick to your guns. Yeah, stick to your guns, which is interesting. But Lost Connection is my next one I'm going to do, which I should be starting that next week, I'd say, at the rate I'm going. Um, and I'm all about the Kindle life, which I'm loving, because I'm going to the gym. What I'm doing at the moment is I'm going to the gym, and then I'm coming out and I'm having myself a nice little green tea and I'm just reading a chapter and then I'm going. Um, so that's, yeah, that's my current my current hype and I'm loving it, to be honest. But yeah. You just had your phone out. Do you have any questions from Instagram? I forgot to ask, to be honest. And this is actually, it's, I'm going to do an exclusive actually, Sam, because I said to Sam, um, you know, I, when I go away on, when I go away and there's a break, which was an Easter break, obviously. Yeah, it was four days, yeah. Uh, I always come up with other ideas, and uh, this is what happens all the time. It happens over Christmas, it will happen over summer. I just come up with ideas. And we're going to completely, honestly, um, redo, aren't we, everything? Yeah, I'll, we've sat, I'll let Sam we've discuss sat, this. Well, yeah, we've sat down, and basically, after we release episode 100 of the vlog, sorry, after we release episode 99, we're going to take a quick break to, like, reassess, rebrand everything about what the vlog is. Because I feel like we've we've almost strayed away from what it was originally, mm. and we need to get back on track of this is following Pete's daily life, and this is like the journey from start to finish, whenever that is. I mean, the the thing that I want everyone to understand is that um, yeah, if you go on YouTube right now, you will see we've probably got like twenty views on a, on a video, and um, I don't care um, at all about that at all because. If you listen to enough of my content, again, you know I'm a long-term player. But you also know that I am only doing this stuff right now because I believe that in 29 years' time, when someone says, how do I become an entrepreneur, I'll say, watch episode one. Do you know what I mean? Like, and then they'll see the 20 years of content of everything. The office moves, the new clients, the big losses, the everything in between. And you know, I do not care about the numbers. What I do care about, and this is the key thing I want you to all to focus on, is I care on the depth of the viewers. So if you watch the vlog, I really want you to watch the podcast, listen to the podcast. If you listen to podcasts, I really want you to engage on, on Instagram. I want everyone to get so ingrained in the content so we can make more content that relates to those individuals. And I will implicitly say as well that my favorite piece of content is this podcast. I absolutely love it to bits. I think this is, it, it feels more natural. It feels much more sort of authentic. I feel like I can talk about more deep topics. I feel like clients won't be listening to it so much. So I can be a bit more ruthless. So I think that it, this is the this is the medium I prefer. Um, and that's what I kind of want to focus on. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah, simple as that really. Have we got any other questions? Are we good? I'm good. So Anything yes, you want to discuss? Yeah, so the, the, the key thing again is that I really appreciate everyone sharing the, the podcast on LinkedIn or Instagram or wherever it was this week. It really does mean a lot. Um, if we can get the message out there about this podcast more and more, that'd be amazing. If you do listen to it, please leave a review. Um, it's five-star rated somehow. I mean, it's just me and Sam rambling, so I really do appreciate you giving it five-star. And if you have any questions, please you know, DM me on Instagram um, and hit me up because I'm more than happy to 
ask any specific questions. You know, literally, any you you guys that listen to this and watch the podcast, you know what we're doing. You know our game plan. You know how business is going. If you have any questions about anything, just hit me up, and I'll give you the honest answer. Like, you know, we haven't discussed the BT Marketing Expo in, the, in this event, in this podcast, because, you know, we've probably spent the last two weeks. Happy to ask any questions. So, anything. Uh, I'm really open to any question on this podcast, um, because that's the way it rolls. But, um, once again, thanks for listening. <laughs>